Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Taking Social Stock podcast, hosted by me, Andrew. And me, Heather. This week, we are going to cover a story that we meant to cover last week, but due to technical issues, we scrapped the recording and just put it off a week. But I think with the, with the holdout, we have a little more information. But also, I think you wanted to point out that this is Black History Month. It is Black History Month, yes. So February, right? Um, we'll try to do a specific episode later this month on it, but the goal of ours is going to be to highlight historical achievements from black people, because typically what we get is we hear from either slavery or civil rights, and there's a whole slew of history and amazing things that people have done that are not captured or shared oftentimes. So we will have an episode, um, it'll be the last episode of the month, but we wanted to mention it here at the mid-month point. Getting into our article for the week, this is a news story that comes from India. Mm-hmm. So you picked this out at the time it had just happened, but the short story is there was a flood. They believed it happened as a result of a glacier that came rushing down a valley, knocking out two power plants, and there were a bunch of people missing, damaging property. But that's all it was really known last weekend when mm-hmm. it happened. Yeah, I think we had we tried to record Sunday of last weekend. It was Monday in India, so it happened Sunday early Sunday morning in India, so early Saturday morning in the US. And at the time, we're still gonna link this article, which is it's titled 140 are missing after glacier breaks in India's Himalayas. So this happened in a northern state in India named Uttarakhand. I'm, I'm going to repronounce that. Uttarakhand. I believe that's the right way. And like you had said, this there was a piece of hanging glacier and it broke off, rushed water down the valley. Two hydroelectric plants were damaged. As of last week, we knew at least nine were killed. Now I think it's more than 30. Mm -hmm. And at this time last week, we knew 140 were missing. And I think closing in on 200 are still missing. The part of the problem in these I thinks, I thinks, is there's not a lot of news going on about this. There are some sporadic stories that we're catching along the way. Yeah, that's, you know, in part because there are other issues that I think this is kind of a natural disaster, kind of not. There's some history behind it. Well, it is a natural disaster, but there's some history behind the context. But there are other things going on in India. There's other things going such on. Such as? In, such as, I, I don't know the details of They're having their their farmer union strike, or yeah. I, I don't know the details of all that. Myanmar, which is real close by, they're having issues there, which is a... They have a coup. They have a coup, but it's a, I would say, soft coup. What do fact, you mean by that? The military's always had power. They just had kind of a puppet civilian government. And when the military lost the election, when they're holding their elections this year, they just said, no, we don't want to lose power. Yeah. And so they, they detained the civilians. I haven't followed up on the story. but So it's, it's definitely a coup still, but it's kind of they were just saying, like, we're not giving up our power more than taking the power away. So in 2011, that was their first go at democracy. So it's very, very young, democratic country. And, you know, I like TikTok. Ever since we did that episode, I love TikTok. 
that episode several months ago around TikTok. I mean, yeah. And <laughs> I've been watching some people who live there or they might be in the UK, but their family lives there. And I wouldn't, it doesn't seem like they think it's a soft feeling coup. It's a mix. I think it depends on which is getting more views. I always say this about TikTok. Yeah. I think everything on there is basically people just looking to get views. When it first happened, there was a video of just people kind of going about their normal life and like doing stuff while all the, you know, the military is rolling down the street and they're just kind of like, whatever. So, yeah, it, of course, it's uneasy, but it's not new in that part of the world. So it's, it's definitely more interesting and more newsworthy to most outlets than a natural disaster on the other side of the yeah. globe. Right? Yeah, I'll give you that. So we don't, we're not, we haven't looked into that. Yeah. And I don't know all the history. I just know the basics. The Himalayan thing also was drowned out by the impeachment trial, everything going on in the mm-hmm. U.S. So we didn't see a lot of news, but it was being covered by other parts of the world and the Indian news. So I think it is talked about to some degree, but yeah. it is kind of considered a natural disaster. And the people missing is just one of the many problems happening in India at this point. Yeah. And with the natural disaster, one of the things that was popping up last week when this first happened was saying it looks like it could be, it looks like climate warming could be a contributor to this, but nobody wanted to call that in quite yet because you want to have proof for that. It still seems to be in the same place. There was a study a few years or within the past few years on glaciers and they are melting at a faster rate as a result of climate change. However, it isn't yet determined if this particular glacier broke off because of climate change. Correct. They do have some satellite images they've looked at, and they kind of determined it looks like a piece of the mountain fell, also hit the glacier, causing the glacier and this piece of the mountain basically to go tumbling down into the valley. The story I read most recently from CNN seems like they think that that blocked water flow that was coming down the valley, built up behind this basically pile up of you know ice and rock and then once that broke that's what the flood came from oh. not that it was all one thing mm-hmm. but you'd think that would have been something that got noticed if a piece of the mountain fell fair, fairly close to this construction site yeah but they also have other contributing factors so that would point to potentially global warming the glaciers are receding a little bit they also so when they do that they they get more fractured than them, so mm-hmm. they are more prone to breaking. So these breaking glaciers is not a new thing. It's uncommon, but it's not new. But they also supposedly had a case in 2019 where people who lived in the village near this construction site of the power plant they're building closest to the glacier, that they, they claim, the villagers claiming that they were blasting near the base of the glacier oh. as part of building this, the dam they're building, the hydropower plant. They had to dig down, and to do that, to dig into the side of the mountain, they were blasting. The company says they were never blasting, there was no debris, but the locals say that it was still happening. Mm. So that could have been a contributing factor, and they've they've had other floods, you know, this, what, 2013, was yeah. it? Yeah. They had a massive flood that came down the same valley and killed 6,000 people. Yep, almost And 6, that, was, that was due to a monsoon, heavy rains, but that's going to erode, and then if you have blasting in the area, so... It's going to create instability that definitely could have contributed plus global warming on top of that. Yeah. The, talking about like the instability physically to the 
ground, right, or the things happening in the land there, thinking from the human's standpoint, what they've been through, you know, 6,000 people, that's that's a lot. Can you imagine, like, so the, let me back up a little bit. This state is about 20,000 square miles and about 10 million people. But just to think, like, 6,000 out of 10 million, it's not a huge number, but it is in one day for one natural disaster. That's not that long ago. I was. No. I was thinking about that. I can't think of, I don't know that we've had any that were 6,000 people. I don't know. If it was, it was Katrina would have been one of the biggest, and I don't think that was that high. Ooh. Actually, I'm going to look it up. So thinking through just what people in that, that area, that community have, broad community have been through, that's a lot to have to think about. You know, that's not something, I, I imagine that's something they have to think about on a fairly consistent basis. And I was curious about what is, what does this space look like? What's this state look like? It's, it was a, uh, like a government travel website. It looks gorgeous. Of course, they're going to pick appealing pictures, but even looking at some Google pictures there, it's just gorgeous landscape. That was one of the other things the village and locals had brought up. And the most recent CNN article I saw is they believe that tourism and other things like that have contributed to the instability in the area because they're building they're building out quickly in the area. So they're oh. not, I guess, taking proper steps to make sure they're not damaging the mountain, things like that. So they, they blame tourism as part of the reason for these things happening. Yeah. So to go back, just to give a quick mm-hmm. sna- snap point here. So Katrina is the largest where we have kind of a confirmed-ish death count. Mm -hmm. There's others where they have estimated numbers, and these are older, but so Katrina in 2005, 2,057 people dead. So a third of what happened in that flood in 2013, and Mm -hmm. I'd never heard about that flood. No. Just to think on scope, we don't hear about what's happening on the other side of the globe when they have these massive natural disasters. So really it will will focus on Katrina because it's the modern day one that we can think of and remember seeing pictures of or video snippets of there are still neighborhoods in new Orleans that are suffering because of Katrina. I don't know what the rebuilding is. It looks like in Uttarak and I don't know how people rallied together to rebuild or anything like that. But I know that here in the U S Katrina has had a lot of people from other communities come in to do cleanups, stuff like that over the years. And they have a community that lives there and is strong in itself, and they still are struggling. So I imagine that it's got to be pretty rough in some areas from that huge-ass flood from 2013. I think one thing that's a little different is the amount of property damage. So I'm sure a lot of property was damaged in this flood that killed 6,000, but I don't think they had the dense urbanization around mm. that valley that we had around New Orleans. Yeah. So I think it is a little different. I'm sure. But still very similar. You can think of what was the one that came through uh, Puerto Rico? I don't remember the name of the hurricane, but there have been so many. Well, the mo- most recent one knocked out power for a long time. So it had a lot less property damage, but the ongoing impact to the people was pretty long lasting. Yeah. This avalanche that just happened and flood. It knocked out power in the area for a while. And that's part of the thing is there's, they have a giant power need in India. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to, they want to build these, these power plants along this river, even though they've been advised, don't keep building them back to back along this riverway. It's going to create instability. It's going to create potential problems. 
one thing a geologist pointed out, I think this was from a guy in the UK, so some professor, with the damage that's caused, like so from this flood and the prior flood in 2013, it, they pick up debris and large boulders and kind of are tumbling them down the river. And so with each successive flood, it's pushing those further down. So they knocked out two, the construction site and one power plant in this flood. If it happens again, those rocks will get pushed further down the river oh. and eventually damage the ones further down. So it's kind of a cascading problem if they continue to have these issues. So I don't know. I mean, they need power, but I don't, I don't know if this is going to be their solution. It might just be a continual problem. Ooh, yeah. I don't know what to say to that. I think, like, I didn't know about that. Yeah, d- did they say what their their pattern of work is? Will they just, like, build up? No, because they're just, they're trying to get more electricity to the southern areas. Mm-hmm. So I just, I feel for people there because it's like, you caught me off guard a little bit because it's a reminder that, yeah, a lot of the world still doesn't have electricity or access to different things that need electricity. Yeah, and of course electricity allows you then to have internet and things like that. With this story, uh, a couple things popped to mind, so bear with me. Where my mind went when I originally heard this were a couple movies, or a movie and a series that we've both seen. So the movie was Parasite, and the series was Chernobyl. And you're looking at me like, what? Yeah, I don't get the Parasite at all. (laughs) here's why is because they had a major flooding scene and I felt like the, the people who lived in more of the Valley area, just seeing the water rush down and how they had such little time to prepare for it or to react and the fear that was almost like palpable. Mm. And so my, my mind went there for those people. I just think of the scene where the girl gets on the toilet and lights a cigarette. (laughs) Well, that's not where my <laughs> mind went. Um, but And then the Chernobyl was obviously not a flood, but you have people dealing with a traumatic event, having to deal with it for years in the future. But seeing in Chernobyl how oftentimes it's people who are most affected get swept under the rug, their voices are ignored, their voices misconstrued. And it makes me think about how we're not hearing a ton about this. I don't think it's because of those reasons trying to hide something. I think it's because in the U.S., with like you mentioned earlier, all these other things happening, but also in the U.S., we don't pay a lot of attention to other parts of the world. So I don't think that our news media is really going to keep up with this. I think the only other thing to mention is this got brought up in the last week. And it stuck out to me of the search effort. It was like 2,000 military, paramilitary, and police were searching for people. I don't know if that number has went up or or not over the week, but just huge search efforts going on. Yeah, and their search efforts primarily seem to be trying to dig people that they think were stuck in the tunnels at the construction site. And so far, I think they found a couple of people on Thursday. They found some shortly after the event, but I think mostly they've been unsuccessful in and locating these people who are missing. Yeah, I think it'll be a recovery. It has to be at this point because people, unless they had perfect conditions, somehow had water near them or something, they're going to have been without water for a week now. And they're trying to find a couple hundred bodies, it seems like it at this point. All right, well, I think that'll do it for this week. If you have any questions, you can email us at takingsocialstock at gmail.com. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. 